Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. We've got best bets here for you on a Tuesday with the in-season tournament in full swing. Adam Silver's tournament, the in-season one here. We've got 10 games on the slate for you guys. Coming off of a pretty rough Monday night, I would say, in best bets, but did great in the play of props. So overall, only lost uh, minus 1.3 units on the night there with a 4-5 and record. We trudge along here. We're still up 14.75 on the season, above 500, both in the best bets and play of props. So like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Check out the play of props that we also have up for you today and the rest of the week, obviously. Also head to thelines.com. Check out all the great written content we have up on the site right now and use the odds finder tool. Make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, anything you want to say about this slate before you jump into your first pick? Why not the Silver Cup? I want, is that too like egotistical for Adam Silver to have done that? I mean, yeah, name it something. Anything. It's just so awkward being like in-season tournament. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, moving on. Hopefully we don't get any late scratches like R.J. Barrett last night uh, because it, there is a little bit more at stake here. Um, and going back to the well, fading the Clippers here, um, Denver actually opened minus six and is minus five now. So I don't understand the love for the Clippers, I guess they mounted a comeback with James Harden on the bench against the lowly Memphis Grizzlies. You're, when you're down double digits almost the entire game to maybe the worst offense in the league right now, and then you go into the champs house, a team that has owned you, even when you've had Kawhi and PG playing at a high level with the pieces in the right places, I, I cannot back the Clippers to get out of this funk yet. I mean, I again come back to that quote from Ty Lue. This is going to take 10 games to figure out. We are now at game five and it's on the road. That was after, you know, sowing some signs uh, on Sunday against Memphis again, because Harden was on the bench, but otherwise, I I mean, it's been really brutal uh, with Harden was a minus 28 with him on the floor. uh, You know, they were negative 19 through the last four games here, 87 and a half offensive rating. And with him and Russ playing together, the defensive rating is nearly 130. So the fact that Jamal Murray is not in here is not a huge concern. I mean, the Nuggets have proven that they can win at margin without him. They've actually won seven straight home games without Jamal by 15 points per game. Um, of course, they've crushed the Clippers in this series, 6-0 and in their last six here, 10-plus uh, points in five straight, plus 13 net overall. Joker posting a 135 offensive rating. They're 6-0 at home in general at home this season, plus 19.5 net. So getting them after a loss to Houston, which is just like freaking world beaters right now. Um, But, you know, it's a sleepy spot on the road for Denver. We saw this with the bigger sample size last year uh, where they were negative three points per game on the road versus plus 10 at home. They'll immediately come back home. They were 20-13 and after a, a loss against the spread last year. Uh, and you insert Reggie Jackson for Jamal and, and a little bit of a revenge spot, right, against his clips. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, a, a great defense from the Nuggets that we've seen this year. So I'm not worried about the Clippers sustaining any offensive success in this matchup. I mean, they've been like the worst team in the clutch since they got Harden, other than, um, you know, again, that that comeback where they were able to get him off the floor and get Terrence Mann in there. Uh, but you know, I don't think Denver's the team to get right against here. Is is that what the books are telling us? Are the books telling us that the public is still 
you know, playing NBA 2K with this team and pretending like it's, you know, five years ago and it's not an actual real basketball offense that needs to move the ball effectively in any way. Like, I, I don't I don't get either it's so trappy because I can't find like I love when I can at least smell the weakness in my bet and then I can overcome it or choose not to play the bet. And I, I can't I feel blind to what I would be missing here outside of like somehow I, I, I can't I can't because even the idea of like Kawhi and James Harden and Pete like all just reverting to being as good as they even were a few years ago which I totally believe Kawhi's definitely lost a bunch and obviously I think we all agree James Harden has as well even if they were what they were like this just doesn't fit this isn't like an all-star game where no one's playing defense so the other thing to add to what you were saying about what happens when Harden was off the floor or what what happened when he's on the floor right a minus 28 net rating over the course of the four games as well that he's been on the clips plus 16.8 when he's not on the floor so it's kind of like it wasn't broke until you broke it trying to fix it uh and that's where we are now with this team denver like you said i mean now they're 50 and 8 in their last 58 home games dating back to last season as they're 6 and 0 right now winning by an average of 12.3 points at home the only thing you worry about is like yeah they they literally sleepwalk into the tip off and then Jokic just like collapses onto the floor and needs to like take a nap for the whole game. And then maybe I take the Clippers, but maybe I still kind of think the Nuggets could pull it out. You see what I'm saying? Like there's just no world that I live in and and that's why it almost feels trappy, but I hit the minus six. I also said I hit a a minus nine and a half for them as well at plus plus one eighty, and feel pretty good about that for them to win by double digits. So um, by the way, in season tournament, I think they care about winning by as much as they can as well. Um, Oh, and also the Lou Will comments were wonderful, right? A little bit of fuel to the fire about like, oh, well, we weren't trying in the bubble after we were up three to one and then lost to them. But at any rate here, we, uh, we, we, I were in sync, like you said. So my first pick is just taking the Denver money line because it's still worth it because it's only a minus five and a half spread, like you said, and parlaying it with the Philadelphia 76ers money line, which feels a little bit newbie. It's right around a five and a half line for them which is great. I mean, JoJo's in. I think that thing kind of the, the line hovered because he, he wasn't necessarily fully in. He was questionable. And now that he's ready to play, it's it's a solid line. But look, with him in the game at this point, like he just it's he's daddy to the Indiana Pacers uh, in his last five. Now, 35 a game, 10 boards, five assists, basically in 33 minutes. And he's getting to the line 13 times. Right. That's part of shooting 67 percent from the field and he's not just shooting from right around the rim he's getting a lot around the rim but he is making uh two about two threes a game uh, against them on about three and a half uh, attempts which isn't even that many attempts because he knows he can get whatever he wants whether he goes to the rim or to the free throw line i mean these games are averaging 259 points between these two teams dating back to last season and including the first game of this season and that's just with a pace of 98.2 um it's not really like Either of these teams are necessarily going as fast as Indiana even might want to at times. Um, Although Philly is leading the league in fast break points this year. So it's one of those things where last year I was comfortable taking overs or Philadelphia to win this game because they were going to control it with Embiid. And even with Harden in there, they were just going to outscore you. Now it's like they're still going to run. They're playing faster even without James Harden uh, at this point this year. Obviously, when you have Tyrese Maxey leading the break and, and Tobias Harris, a much more focal point of the offense, who also has the ability to get a, a, a defensive rebound and start a break. Um, th- this is definitely an offense that you would, you would back right now against Indiana who, I mean, they're doing their thing on offense, but they're allowing the most points in the paint in the league. Um, Philly's obviously scoring third in, in points in the paint with, with Embiid there. 
Uh, they're allowing the eighth most fast break points too, which is like they're they're running, but they're not really getting back on defense. And perhaps it's also the fact that they're always sending three guys on the break, meaning they only have two back consistently. So they're obviously running into the the three on two a lot. Um, and you know Philly is allowing the tenth most fast break points as well. Another just you know sort of feather in the cap of what should be a pretty high total. Um, but I do just still feel comfortable with Philly coming back home where they're even better than they are on the road. Um, and, and owning this, this team that, I mean, I think Indiana is a little bit scarier at home, to be honest. Obviously you can control the game at home a little bit more, especially if you're Philly, um, which what, who knows what controlling the game means for them anymore. They've just sort of sold out and said, we'll outscore you, Indiana. We can actually do what you do better than you do it. Uh, and I think that's probably just what they'll revert to back in this game. And same thing as last game down in the clutch, you've got someone that you can go to every single time that is a mismatch. Right. And at that point, um, Indiana doesn't necessarily have the same easy offense in a half court set in the clutch. Uh, and that's why you still like uh, Philly to pull it out at the end, even if it's close. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, controlling the game is, is, you know, slowing down the pace, making this more of a contender style basketball game, which is what they did last week against the Celtics. Right. And they went, they win that low scoring game. I don't think you're going to play as low scoring against the Pacers, but we saw if you can get them in a close game in the fourth, if you can prevent this from just being a one forty game uh the Pacers are gonna collapse down the stretch like Halliburton for as good as he's been the last two years I have not seen him like in the fourth quarter in like an ISO possession just be like I'm gonna get us a great shot here it, it's just like a really fun brand of basketball but it is not it does not translate to winning time um necessarily in in clutch situations and the Sixers obviously are built to win right now uh on both ends of the floor Nick Nurse doing a fantastic job. I, I, yeah, I pointed this out to you cause it was, it was even money last night, these two money lines. And I thought the nuggets spread was going to climb. Uh, but apparently people are still <laughs> believing in the Clippers a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I will see it before I believe it. And I have right. not seen it yet from the Clippers. So let's move to the other look. We both had early here jazz offense at home. Um, Seven over seventeen, one seventeen and a half, or one eighteen and a half, depending on your book. It's Utah at home against the Portland Trailblazers, which you know have a bit of fool's gold right now on defense. I think if you're looking at their metric, their their standard metrics here, they've pace, they've ramped up the pace a little bit. Three three of their last five games against the not Memphis Grizzlies. Two of those games against Memphis were a bit slower. Uh, they did manage to go over thanks to an overtime game in their last in, uh, tournament game against. The, the Grizzlies, but I digress. On the road, they are four and two to the over this season, uh, playing at a a faster pace with a defensive rating four possessions, four points worth per hundred possessions. Easy for me to say, but this is more about Utah. I mean, four and over to the o, to four and o to the over at home, and playing at the fastest place in the league at home. And we talked about this ahead of their their matchup at Memphis, a Memphis team they dropped one thirty three against at home last time they hosted them, um, that there's just stark home road splits. And it's particularly evident beyond the three-point line so far. They're shooting 41% from three at home versus 36 on the road. Um, and that's where I'm seeing the biggest likely regression for that Portland defense, which in their last two games gave up 116 to Lakers and 121 in overtime to the Kings. Um, and those teams shot well under 30% from three. And and it's not like the Blazers were doing something schematically or have great personnel to close out. It, it's just variance. And it, it's about to hit like a ton of bricks. They also gave up 64 paint points on average and 38 free throws in those games. 
they're trotting out, you know, a lot of backups right now. A lot of guys in the G League who could be in the G League if not for some injuries. Rob Williams out for the year. Malcolm Brogdon not going to play. Um, and so, I mean, the bench scoring should allow Utah to just keep pouring it on here. They're fourth. They're in bench scoring at home, 45 a game versus 12th on the road. Again, they they just continue to play positively. And, I mean, they've only gotten under twice all season, regardless of where they're playing. And it's because they're playing the, maybe the best defenses in the West, the Wolves and the Nugs, and they didn't score. But they will score against these Blazers. So um, if you want to take the overall over here, that's fine, but I want to. I don't want to trust the Blazers' offense as much as the Jazz. Yep, ditto. I mean, say what you want. Like, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna just start. You know, we talked about this before. We both like this game. We both like Denver, Philly. We both like uh, the the Jazz to be able to score against the Blazers as the most confident thing. Just just what it is. I even trying to find some player performance doubles here for the for the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson probably going to go off. That's why his prop is all the way up to twenty point five. We've seen it as low as 15 and a half for Jordan Clarkson, but it's going to be at 20 and a half when you're playing the Blazers who give up the most points per game to shooting guards. Um, they're up there for point guards as well, but it's really just about whoever's the most do- the ball dominant guard for the other team is getting what they want against this team. Unsurprisingly with the, the size of the backcourt, like stop me if you've heard this before, Portland trailblazers have a small backcourt that isn't good at defending <laughs> in the case they got rid of Dame and they just find themselves in the same recurring issue. We'll see if, if Scoot can ever, ever amount to, you know, the, the player that Dame is uh, probably not. But at any rate, uh, the, the game log for the Trailblazers is what you 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 really start to hone in on and, and go, oh, OK, so this team has the 10th best defensive rating in the league. Why? Not just because it's a bit choppy games that the, who they were playing, like the teams that are playing have no offense. Memphis is probably the worst offensive five man unit in the league. Um, and I would dare you to find somebody worse because at least the Wizards have some scores. Um, and and even Detroit, who's been choppy on offense a lot as well, they have a guy, they have an identity, you know, like they have a guy who is their point guard and ball handler and everything plays off of that. They've just been incredibly hurt this season. Um, and that was another one. And the Raptors as well. And we know even the Raptors at home have had some ugly games um, where I think the Blazers, maybe the idea was just to muck it up. And maybe they're one of those teams that the team plays down to their level. But you're getting the Jazz at home now where this is what they score. I, I think this is a fair line against a bad defensive team. Like the books aren't really necessarily being fooled by a, a Portland Trailblazers team that's rated so high on defense right now because they too have the schedule and know who they played and are aware that like the Jazz coming home in this situation after you've got the Blazers, uh, they've been on the road here for a couple, obviously hanging around the Northwest, but they're still on the road for, you know, this is their third game in a row. Um, and, and with, like you said, anybody who's sort of an adult in the room, especially on the defensive side of the ball, not playing for the Blazers, which only contributed to their ability to at least play defense against teams like Memphis and Detroit. I, I don't really know what would make you worried about Utah's offense clicking at home where it shoots 40%, 41% basically from three, better than the 35% shooting on the road. And it's like, it's a small sample size this season with the Jazz, but it's truly just an extension of last season where their home and road splits were the same level of difference. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything else to add to this one. Uh, did you want to throw a, a lean in there for people? Yeah, I got a couple of the leans dependent, but I, I will say, you know, the, how confident we're talking about the Jazz scoring and the, not the Blazers scoring, that minus five and a half seems a little small here as well. So now we got three games we're looking at Sixers, Nuggets, and Jazz at minus five and a half. It might be a money line parlay for plus 200 for those three. All, all at home 
against teams that, again, we don't really respect their ability to close out games right now. Yeah. Um, so I almost hit the trigger, added the Jazz to that to that money line parlay last night. I might add that as well. I don't think they're going to lose this one. Yeah, um, I just think with the level of confidence too. My thing is, I'll, I'll if if I throw, if I go that route as opposed to the two leg parlay, it's just going to be first, you know, less units than the the two legger for sure. Yeah, for sure. But double the juice. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of injury dependent. Um, looking at our leans here, I mean, first of all, you got the Hawks minus five at Detroit. No Jalen Duran, we know. Trey Young is questionable for personal reasons. So I wanted to take like Dejounte, twenty plus points in a win for the Hawks. Uh, I, I'd be comfortable just taking the Hawks here. They've they've handled the Pistons and I think their offense can continue to hum without Trey because they have DeJounte right there. They have some great wings right now. Um, So I would look at that, just see what you can get with the props, depending if Trey plays or not, but you could also hit the minus five now and then be like, great. Trey Young's playing that they, they could run away with this. Um, And then the Pelicans Mavs have a total of two forty, and the Mavs. It's scary because they've been playing Great offense, not much defense lately. Their last, their previous meeting they just played got to 260. Two, yeah, 260. But I think this one will be in the 230s. And I, I think I feel especially confident if Herb Jones comes back from that leg injury um, and the Pelicans are able to D up a little bit. I just don't see the Pelicans' offense going off here. Zion struggled a little bit against Grant Williams and co. Brandon Ingram has not been good. Uh, over the last two seasons against this Mavericks team. So I just don't know where they're going to score with CJ McCollum out. And I think they'll do a little bit better job on Kai Ruka in the rematch. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fine lean for sure. Um, if, if any sort of news came out, especially about Trey, that, that he was playing, I might feel a bit more comfortable about it, especially just what they can do in the clutch. But at the same time, you you do make some good points about Atlanta, even without Trey right now with, with DJM at the helm. It's, it's still a pretty solid humming offense under Quinn Snyder. The the Dallas Nola game, like it's 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 a fine lean. It is. I just I, I'm not playing that game with the the sort of uncertainty that comes with the amount of threes that the Mavs shoot as well. Herb Jones being out there is a massive bonus for an under, uh, no question. So I, I I hear you on it. I'm just I'm staying away from it tonight. You know, we, we we're, lean is a good word. So, uh, Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first NBA play a prop. We're both talking about the T Wolves in a rematch here against the Dubs. Yeah, something wrong with the Warriors here. So I don't mind trying to keep riding Anthony Edwards, the hot hand, for 32.5 points and assists combined. That gets you better juice than the 26.5 points. So it's it's minus 104 at FanDuel, found uh, with that odds finder tool you mentioned. And he's coming off a 33-point game where he took 27 shots against these Warriors. 41% usage. The usage rate is just so dependable. And, I mean, he, while he took nine threes in that game. Like this season, he's not been shooting well from three. He's still been getting bucket upon bucket because nobody can keep him in front. Nobody can stop him at the rim. Um, And right now, Draymond and and Andrew Wiggins are struggling along with the rest of that Warriors D, right? 118 defensive rating their last six, allowing the fifth highest field goal percentage, third most free throws, fewer three-point attempts as they try to funnel towards the rim, but they're, they're just not stopping guys like Ant. Uh, who I actually like him on the road here. Like normally you'd be worried warriors in season tournament atmosphere. Like the building's going to be rocking. I think he's a guy with, with bottomless confidence. Who's not going to mind that type of atmosphere. Right. I mean, and he will put this wolves offense on his back, which he, he has to, because look at the other usage rates here. Mike Conley, 13%, Jane McDaniels, 14%, Rudy, 16%. And cat while he's 26% on the season, only 19% against the warriors last time out, because he has had his struggles scoring against Draymond 
and company. And and really, I mean, if if Clay is is your your primary defender on on Ant, that's just not going to work at his stage in, in his career. And Wiggins has just, for one reason or another, not really picked it up yet this year. Yeah, Wiggins is their is maybe their main issue on offense. Clay's regression might finally be here. Draymond's regression has been coming and is here. It's really sad sometimes to watch. It's like uncomfortable to watch the like old bull who's still like talking crap, <laughs> trying to act like he's the same dude that he used to be, but he can't back it up quite the same because Ant is probably as strong as him at this point and uh, also much quicker, as we well know, much more athletic, springy. I can't get a total feel on whether or not this game is just going to be an ugly, choppy affair after they just saw each other. And I, I feel like the 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 Dubs. Let me put it this way: I feel like the Dubs know that they they can't allow Ant in space wherever he is at any point. They can't allow it to be a one on one matchup. At the same time, with the way that Steph has been carrying this team, I don't think they want that. I think they want a lot more pace and space, and a, I know they don't, and a lot less. Steph 35% usage running like 22 pick and rolls a game, et cetera. Like they don't want that. Right. And 22 is dramatic, but you get my point. So I do think there's an opportunity for points here because of the fact that Steve Kerr prefers to probably move the ball much more quickly, including in transition against a really good half court defense right now. That's definitely figured some stuff out. Um, I think all of that just adds to having the ability to score a bit more. And yeah, I don't, even if, if they devise a game plan for stopping him, with Wiggs in the funk that he is, uh, and there, nobody else with the ability to really stay in front of Ant Edwards, I, I don't know why you wouldn't feel comfortable that if even if he's not able to get all the way to the rim because they collapse three dudes on him, he's, he dimes it up. But and you, I'm going to go up with a good point that Steph yeah, Steph is just absolutely carrying with the same kind of usage rate on the Warriors. I would look at some some same game parlays just for those two guys, even if it's a choppy game, for those two guys to be around thirty points, maybe twenty five plus each, and see what kind of odds you get there. See what you get because Steph's at like thirty and a half. And my, my initial lean is like, they can't like he was questionable for this game. I do think he plays whether or not uh, he gets a call. Steve Kerr gets a call from Adam silver or not. I don't know, but I don't think that Steph's allowed to sit in this in season tournament. I'm pretty sure that's a law that has been internalized. And, and as a result, like, I think though it's in, in, indicative that like, they don't want him to be doing what he's doing. They would rather even have him sit a random Tuesday night game for them, even though it's the in season tournament to, to k- keep him healthy. So just, be a little bit aware that he might not be used quite as much if they can afford to not use him that much, which they might not have a choice because there's nothing else right now. But um, I'll, I'll go into my bet that plays a little bit more into a choppy game. But I have some some stuff that I found that I like for Carl Anthony Towns to go over eight and a half rebounds. And he just did this. He, he just had 13 against them in the last game. And there's there's something I'm looking at here where Rudy's boxing out and Cat is the beneficiary who gets the rebounds. And the numbers that I'm looking at here are Rudy has the most rebound chances in the league at 22 a game, but he has just a 57% rebound rate on those chances. Uh, he's got 12.8 rebounds a game. So because he has so many chances, still getting almost 13 boards a game. Cat has 14 and a half rebound chances a game, much less, eight less opportunities, yet he's in the uh, the, the eighth best rebound percentage when he's got uh, the, the rebound chance. What that tells me is Rudy is boxing out and Cat is getting the boards. It's really that simple. And and you continue to see it with the way that like Rudy is always in a spot under the rim available to get the rebound because that's also where he lives. But at the same time, he is boxing out to a degree that like it's just it's a be- better for Cat at that point. 
Um, it's something that I think plays into why Cat had 18 rebound chances last game and 13 boards versus Rudy's 19 rebound chances and 10 boards. And that, that just continues to play out game after game with that correlation. Golden State, it's a perfect opportunity for that. Like, Kevon Looney, far and away the best rebounder on this team who will be doing everything he can to box out a dude that he's giving up, like, roughly four to five inches to in Rudy Gobert. Um, and then at that point, you've got Cat, who's just much bigger and obviously we know much more athletic and much younger at this point than Draymond in a way that he's always caused problems for Draymond. And big power forwards have done that at this point. The, the dubs are giving up the uh, second most rebounds per game to power forwards, also in the bottom 10 in terms of points allowed as well. So um, it's just another opportunity for Cat to eat around the rim. I do think he's probably good for the, the 21 and a half ish points, but that was right around even when it's probably about right where I have his his points for this one is between like 20 to 23. So not enough discrepancy to take it on the points, but the eight and a half boards, I would still expect him to get double digit rebounds pretty, pretty solidly in this one. Yeah. I like it. I mean, yeah, you said you don't know if to expect a choppy game, but the sharp money is telling us that we do expect an under here, right? I think it's already moved yeah. four points in some places uh, down below two twenty. So fewer points, uh, more of a half court game, more rebounding opportunities. Yeah. And, and the, the only know, thing I would say real quick, Nate of that, and it's, it's not something you can totally rely on, but the, 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 hesitancy that I have to put unders on in-season tournament games is that coaches and players are going to score as much as they can down the stretch. You're going to see guys fouling down seven points, maybe mm -hmm. to try to like cop back a three on the next, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's never going to be a moment where the team down by double or triple digit, triple, you know what I mean? Like multiple scores is just going to give up. Right. So that's, that's my hesitancy there. Yeah. But the wolves have been the best defense in the league uh, thus far. So uh, definitely reasons to, to like an under there, but let's get into some bets that actually, I think we might be more confident in, even though they are far from bigger names. Um, Jalen Suggs, 20 points, rebounds and assists here with the magic at Brooklyn. Um, and Markel Fultz ruled out. You saw Suggs ramping up, getting his confidence. He played 31 minutes and was a defensive maven in that Mexico city game with the Hawks, six deals. And then the next game, he gets 38 minutes with Fultz out, which is the exact same as Franz and Paolo, the Magic's bread and butter, if you will. So I'm trusting him to get plenty of time here, and I think the peripherals will come. You know, 38 minutes, he scored 20 points, uh, only two and two along with that. This is a guy, a very athletic body, playing off guard, 6'4", 205, you know, average 10 rebounds and assists in, at Gonzaga in a shorter game, of course. Uh, and the Nets, it's a good matchup for him to kind of get some boards because that offense is going to be yick again uh, with no Cam Thomas, uh, maybe no Lonnie Walker as well. Ben Simmons, we know, is out, so that hurts their defense. They are allowing the six-month rebounds overall in their last three, allowing the fifth-highest assist-to-turnover ratio at home, which, you know, at home since the middle of last season when they reshaped their team, offensive rating is six points worse. Uh, in the sleepy Barclays Center, as I like to say, it's just like there is no home court advantage. It's just like eh, exa exactly. And they've allowed the third most rebounds overall since last season, second most rebounds and assists to shooting guards. So I like Suggs to ramp up uh, with with things other than just scoring, but he's also kind of found his shot lately. And I like him to uh, to continue to attack. Yeah, I mean, they, they might be down to a lot of Anthony Black in, in this one, which means like. He's definitely going to be a look first point guard. And, and if Jalen Suggs is out there, it's probably plenty of him on the ball just as often um, right now. 
man, there were some really good picks that they could have made at six for, instead of Anthony Black. We'll see how he turns out. But I was looking at Suggs as well. He's got one and a half threes as his prop line. What do you think of that? Because it's plus 120. He's taken four, five, and six threes, respectively, in his last three. Is that a, is that a look? I mean, Brooklyn's pretty good on the wing, obviously. Yeah, but I, I mean, that is where you've seen the confidence suddenly take off for Suggs. It's like, clearly the discussion is like, are you going to stick in this league? You're going to have to really work on that jumper. I, I haven't yeah. seen anything specifically, but I'm going to assume he spent a lot of offseason working on that three-point shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the attempts for me. If you think with, with this lineup, um, and we just saw him take, like I said, five and six without faults, against pretty bad perimeter teams though in, in the bucks right now as well. But um, it's, it's a bet to look at because of the plus plus one twenty. I think it might be worth a look if he's going to be pulling that much, especially uh, if Gary Harris doesn't play, he's questionable, but not likely to play. So I'm going with a similar bet. I do want to be clear. I'm very confident in that Carl Anthony towns bet and slightly more than this uh, <laughs> Reggie Jackson one, but I'm still going with uh, probably a full unit here for, for our Jacks. <clears throat> not probably. I, I did. Um, it's with and without Murray and it's playing like, the only thing is like Russ goes off and is like, I'm shutting this dude specifically down. And even in that moment, I'm like, well, that's fine. He has a giant Serbian to run around and, and stand in your way when you're trying to chase him. So I'm fine with that. It's Murray out. Right. And like, maybe that's why the spread sticks around for four and a half, five and a half points for the, the nuggets instead of moving upwards. Like we thought it would, I guess some sharps think that this is the game where the clips figure it out. I don't, especially on defense. I, I I don't think that they have the opportunity to to really stop Reggie Jackson when he's running that pick and roll with uh, Jokic. In the three games without Murray this season, he's at 28 and a half minutes per game, 14 points per game, and uh, two two and a half boards, four assists. Right, so he's getting over the the 18 and a half PRA that we've got here, and he's done that really comfortably in his last two uh, that Murray has missed, which were the last two games, 24 points, rebounds, and assists in those two, 30 minutes a game. 17 points per game as well, which, you know, it almost gets you there. Um, and it's really a lot of he and, and Jokic on offense is it's, he's really just replacing Murray in every single way, except for not being as good as him. <laughs> but as far as the role goes, he's on there to pick and roll with Jokic in both ways, like run around the screens and take the handoff to create space for Jokic or be the ball handler to then find Jokic in space, uh, either down low or if he, if he pops out at the three point line where he's almost as dangerous. Um, when they're on the floor together in the last two, which was 47 minutes together, uh, the, the team has a plus 13.3 net rating. They have a 65% uh, assist percentage on their buckets made, which is right around what they shoot on the season. But specifically in that two-man lineup uh, of those two, it's a little bit higher on average than than the rest of the team. So because he's the main uh, pick-and-roll ball handler, like he's going to have such a high usage with the 30 minutes. The, the 19 points, rebounds, and assists feels like a, a great bet against a team that has just needs a lot. It's like Tyloo said, and you said it a couple of times, it's going to need a couple more games to figure this whole thing out. And, and as I mentioned in best bets with Harden and Westbrook on the floor right now, they are a 129 defensive rating. So Russ, Russ, his energy might be there. It, you know, it, he's got his backcourt partner just dragging it down. Harden, it basically looks like a lost puppy on defense uh, when he's out there because he doesn't have his offensive game going. He has nothing, no, no kind of juice on that end. So I, I, think that is why, you know, you plug in Reggie Jackson, you plug in whatever guard around Jokic and Gordon, who just are great facilitating bigs, and they should be able to get buckets early and often. Um, that's why, yeah, I agree with you, obviously, that the Nuggets should add to the Clippers' woes here. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, I think I think we've got at least a three in one night on, uh, on us here uh, in the player props might have a sweep. We'll we'll look to stay hot. We had a nice 15 and two run last week and, and we'll be staying close to that. So that's all the time we have for you, though. Continue to follow along. Also have the best bets up for you today and we'll continue to bring those each and every weekday. So until we do see you next, happy betting. <laughs>